social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, good afternoon, folks. Right now, it is 106 on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipetro.com. Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call Coogie today at 732-6562. Would you like to find out about Central Air or maybe just improving the... Uh, you know, your cooling system in your home or business, R.E. Coogan and Heating. Look for them on Facebook. Their website is recooganheating.com. Plumbing, heating, and cooling, residential services, helpful, trustworthy, and reliable. Do you need a good plumber? Call R.E. Coogan and Heating for heating and cooling, 732-6562. Well, this story is uh, really amazing. So, Maddie in the morning, Matt Siegel of KISS 108. He started a BCN, longtime number one morning show, walked out of his morning show on Kiss this morning. I want to play this. Supposedly, he was told, stop talking about. And I, you know, I saw this this morning in this whole business of this Demi Lovato who was changing her saying, you know, I saw this, that she's saying they're changing her pronouns. So walked out, told stop talking about Demi Lovato's announcement that they identify as non-binary. So uh, he's 71 years old. He said, I love my listeners. I'm going to play it. He believes he'll remain with the station he's been with for decades, but he, he walked out. There's no ill feeling between me and my boss company. They're doing the job. I got a lot of heat this morning. People complaining things I said on the air. I, he doesn't want me to be fired. His heart was in the right place. Said he expects cooler heads will prevail. Station told him they don't want him to leave. Uh, of course, NBC, I Heart Boston is not going to comment on this. But she, you know, comes out as non-binary and has now changed her pronouns to they and them. So Demi Lovato is sharing more about the ongoing journey. She's 20 years old. First of all, I think she is like nuts. Took to Instagram on Wednesday to announce that they, even though she's a she, they identified as non-binary and will be using the pronouns they and them. Now, here's the thing. So she wants to be referred to as they. They are people, right? People. They. I, you know, they are going to the movies. They are coming over. Are you sure? I saw them. That's plural. But she wants to be referred to as they and them. She said, every day we wake up, we're given another opportunity, a chance to be who we are. I've spent the majority of my life growing up, seeing the good and the bad. I was also living on the other side of the camera. Uh, today's the day I'm so happy to share with you. I'm proud to tell you, identifying as non-binary be changing my pronouns to they and them moving forward. This come after a lot of healing, sort of learning. So I want to now be referred to as they and them. Um, oh, I think I have sound of this, actually. I think I do have sound of this. Let me, uh, hmm. I, I find the whole thing is 
Like, what are you talking? You're a single individual. You're a single single individual. But now she wants to be known as they and them. All right, let me hear just a little bit of this, if I can. Demi Lovato. Uh, consciously in both time and space but for me it means having conversations that transcend yes keep going typical discourse i want to take this moment to share something very personal with you over the past year and a half i've been doing some healing and self-reflective work and through this work i've had the revelation that i identify as non-binary with that said i'll officially be changing my pronouns to they them I feel that this best represents the fluidity I feel in my gender expression and allows me to feel most authentic and true to the person I both know I am and still am discovering. In this first episode, I'm excited to share with you what this means to me and what it may look like for other people. I want to make it clear that I'm still learning and coming into myself, and I don't claim to be an expert or a spokesperson. I know this might be a new conversation for many, so I'm inviting my friend Alok, someone I trust to spend time on this platform. Alok is an author, performer, and an important voice within the non-binary community and beyond. Their work to create visibility, equality, and understanding has inspired me on my healing journey. We'll discuss identity at large, but also take the time to personally reflect on how I came into my truth so that we, like many others, are able to live our lives authentically. So, this is 4D with Demi Lovato. Uh, so instead of being, you wouldn't say, I saw her. Or those that say, I, I saw him. Some people say, I identify as male or female. She wants to be referred to. See, this is a big deal. What are your pronouns? And you have to then follow and post. Listen to the excitement. I'm so excited to tell you I've decided to change my pronouns. So apparently, Matt Siegel was discussing this this morning. <laughs> and I think I have audio of it. I think I do. Let's see how the quality is where he, he quits live on the air. Let me see if I can find a um, a better clip of that, folks. So he's basically just going off on this whole thing of what he can and can't talk about, and the, the, what what is what is ridiculous is he was trying to have fun, and these people see this is part of the woke culture, and he wants to come back. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be able to come back. I don't know if he's going to be able to come back from this. Um, okay, I think I'm not sure how the quality is. Let's see if we this is better. All right, it, uh, that, that's not, uh, and I apologize, folks. P- people actually, do you know there are people actually sharing that terrible 
quality to it. So let me see if this one, I, I'm trying to find a better one. And then he walked out. Radio show in the history of Boston radio, okay? Bigger than Jess Kane yep. and Dave Maynard yep. and Charles Lock with Aaron. That's right. All of the radio giants in Boston. I am the biggest of all time. And they said, shut up, Matt. Stop talking. Well, I hope you're happy because I just stopped talking. And all because he was talking about, I, I think she she's had this Demi Lovato is she is um, folks she's she's had drug problems she is something off about it. Um, it it's just that that whole I'm I'm so excited to announce my changing my pronouns i mean the whole thing is just so over the top that is true she just recovered from an overdose that's right so she has been a recovering addict but but it's all playing out in public i should say it's all playing out in public but this i I find the whole thing about she's announcing her like, I have something really exciting to share with you. I'm changing my pronouns. I'm now non-binary. So you refer to me as them, they. Let me see if she does. I think she's on Twitter. She is. So, nope, she didn't change them on her Twitter profile. She has 55 million followers. Let me play again. She's so excited to now announce she wants to be known as they, them. Existing consciously in both time and space. But for me, it means having conversations that transcend the typical discourse. I want to take this moment to share something very personal with you. Over the past year and a half, I've been doing some healing and self-reflective work. And through this work, I've had the revelation that I identify as non-binary. With that said, I'll officially be changing my pronouns to they, them. I feel that this best... You know, the whole thing of officially changing is, um, I just don't know where that goes. All right, I want to play, Ted Cruz was talking this morning. Folks, and again, good afternoon, but a huge story with uh, with Matt Siegel walking out. Because I, I'm imagining, so they were, were joking about it and making some comments about it. And they obviously didn't... Um, People were getting upset and contacting the station or people at the station were upset. So he he said his boss, he, he walked out. He walked out today. Now, as much as he thinks he's just going to return, I'm not convinced about that. I am not convinced. I, he thinks he's going to uh, return. But I want to play Andrew Giuliani has announced he's going to run for uh, governor of New York. Let me think. I think I have some sound on this. 
My fellow New Yorkers, it's a great honor to be with you all here today to announce my fifth, my candidacy to become the 57th governor of our great state of New York. Which one is that? Is that Miss Manhattan or is that Lady Liberty? That's Lady Liberty over there. So any community that has a charter school will get a charter school. I do believe that people should be vaccinated. I am not vaccinated, but I, but I continually get tested. With the antibodies, you can't transmit. New York is truly that shining state on the hill. I'm not sure what that means. He's going to have, that's going to be a tough campaign. Let me get to, um, this is Senator Mike Lee references the princess bride trying to explain the situation in uh, Israel. With, with the Sicilian, where life is, Here we go. There's a lot of complexity in international relations. We, we can draw sometimes from the movie Princess Bride, or a couple of rules were set down. Never fight a land war in Asia, and don't engage in a battle of wits with a Sicilian, where life is on the line. If the movie The Princess Bride were released today rather than in 1987, they might add a couple of other rules. Never legitimize or fund an international terrorist organization and don't legitimize regimes that in turn support terrorist organizations. Yeah, that is an excellent point. And then all these, the, the far left folks, they are in with Hamas. All these protests, you see, there's going to be another big protest Friday night in Providence. Free Palestine. They're in with Hamas. They're in with a terror organization. Israel is our ally. Um, this is a representative talking about Gaza and those that support this free, free Palestine. They've decided to become a nation bent on hate. And it's a country that's received a lot of, or Gaza's received a lot of foreign aid which seems to miraculously has disappeared without getting to the people. But rather than become a prosperous nation, they've decided to become a nation bent on hate. Yep. And uh, as a result, we see thousands of missiles raining down on Israel. That's it. That is exactly what's going on. Let me play. This is Senator Ted Cruz. Democrat Party governed, led by the extreme left, like the squad. Here we go. Oh, hold on. The Democratic Party is governed and led by the extreme left, by the squad, by AOC and Tlaib and Omar, whose statements might as well be issued on behalf of Hamas. They are accusing Israel of engaging in terrorism, defending your citizens from violent terrorist attacks is the right of Israel. The Democratic Party is governed and led. He is exactly right. I like Senator Ted Cruz a lot. I like him up a lot. Um, let me see this. Maybe you're in traffic right now and you're listening on AM 1380 or 99.9 FM. Well, this morning there was a big crash that tied up traffic. A truck that was carrying lumber flipped over on 295 North. Happened at the exit for Route 7 at about 8 o'clock this morning. One person treated in the rescue. So a truck that was transporting lumber flipped over if, in fact, you were uh, caught in some of that in some of that um, traffic. That's what was that's what was causing that. Let's see. Uh, this is a Bill Sharon. I spoke with Matty Siegel. He's oh, he's in Florida. Probably back on the radio tomorrow morning. Does not want to let down his fans and listeners. He reiterated he's not angry, but indicated he feels handcuffed about what material he can openly discuss. Well. That, see, that is the problem right now. 
Why can't he say, like, what is this with this Demi Lovato? Why can't he speak about that? Why can't he say, like, what does that mean? She's so excited to announce about her her pronouns that she's now they and them. Why can't that just be? Why can't he have the opinion, whatever that may be? But they told him to stop talking about it. Now, I would imagine that he was joking about it. There was another cut where he was saying that he's a comedian. I wish we had good audio of it. But so far, the audio everyone's sharing is not very clear audio. But it's now the, the, the question is if this turns into a cancel culture. Do they go after someone like Matt Siegel, Maddie in the morning, walked off his Kiss 108 morning show? Forget this. Don't want to be part of it. What do you mean? They told him to stop talking. Stop talking about Demi Lovato. People are getting upset that she now wants to use the they, them. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right, folks, 122. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the uh, of our program, by the way, is um, brought to you by It's My Health. Now, right now, this is a delightful, sunny uh, Wednesday afternoon. Maybe you're riding along on Menden Road. Why not? Good day to run errands or do whatever. Why not pop in and see Marie at It's my health right across diagonally across from davenport restaurant stop in and see marie at it's my health 1099 menden road in cumberland where she has i'll tell you what a selection she has uh you can call her at 305-3585 vitamins herbal remedies local products like a kai berry honey maple syrup bee fresh gum how about over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas and hemp and CBD products. It's my health. You know where it is, right in that old white church. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Stop in and see Marie at It's My the Health. Pandemic. Social unrest. Folks, the I want to just uh, and monitor, and again, right you now it's 124. To John Good afternoon. Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99. Uh, FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is petro.com. So they're all calling for this uh, Providence superintendent to step down. And also, President Biden stopped into Rhode Island, landed there, but then continued on. And he's taking heat for he was trying to tell some jokes. And folks, the, the fact of the matter is uh, he's speaking at the Coast Guard. And they were all big supporters of, as you can imagine, President Trump. So he tries to tell a joke, it falls flat, and then let's hear, this is President Biden a short time ago down at the Coast Guard graduation. I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is, quote, the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. You are quite a really dull class. I mean, come on, man. Is the sun getting to you? I would think you'd have an opportunity when I say that about the Navy to clap. But being here together. Wow. 
Well, the fact of the matter is a lot of people don't recognize him as the true president. Now, as far as the squad, how about yesterday? President Biden talking about that Rashid Tlaib, Muslim, basically a big supporter of Hamas, the most radical anti-Israel Democrat in Congress. And he supports her. He likes her. I'll tell you what, Rashid, I want to say to you that uh, I admire your intellect. We must condition aid to Israel. I admire your passion. And there's, you know, there's a kind of a calming feeling, I always tell folks, when I think of the Holocaust. And I admire your concern. We got to stop investing in an apartheid state of Israel, that we need to condition that money. Our own country is enabling it with billions of dollars every year being issued to Israel. I mean, that is just, I mean, how pathetic can you get of all people to be supporting someone like, supporting someone like that? My goodness. Of course, uh, Biden now could not remember the Coast Guard Lieutenant Commander's name. I brought with me a former Academy grad who now serves as my Coast Guard Moe, Lieutenant Commander Jana. Now I'm going to embarrass her. I'm Jana McCone of the class of two. Oh my goodness, folks! Leader of the free world. Leader of the free world. Because they would not laugh. He was yelling at them. They wouldn't laugh at his jokes. Wow. All right. Um, folks, good morning. It's John DePietro. Or good afternoon, I should say. Right now it's 127, and you're listening to AM 1380 and also 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is DePietro.com. And don't forget, DePietro.com, which is brought to you by the Coeset Inn. A great meal is waiting for you. Stop in and see them. 226 Coeset Avenue in uh West Warwick. It's the Coincident Inn. Delicious food, something on the menu for everyone at the Coincident Inn. So Governor McKee did greet President Biden, landed at Quonset, and then immediately took Marine One, took Marine One to the Coast Guard ceremony. I want to play the latest, though, on this um, controversy with now everyone wants this uh, Providence Superintendent Harrison Peters to resign. This is um, the Channel 12 package on it. I think he should stand them down, but we'll see what happens. All right, here's the uh, Channel 12 package. For you on WPRI.com this morning in a situation surrounding a now-resigned Providence School Administrator facing an assault charge. Rhode Island State Education Commissioner Angelica Infante Green's office says she has asked Providence School Superintendent Harrison Peters for his resignation. Peters has been under fire for hiring Dr. Olianka Alege, who'd been accused of popping the toes of boys at a Tampa high school where he previously worked. Alege now faces an assault charge from an incident with a teenage boy at a Warwick gym. Peters knew about the Tampa incidents before hiring Alege. Providence Mayor Alorza also calling for Peters to resign. Target 12 investigator Steph Machado asked the mayor about it on Zoom just a few minutes ago. Have you spoken to Superintendent Peters? I have several times. Last night or this morning? Yes. This morning and well, this morning and several times, yes. Did you urge him to resign and did he indicate if he plans to resign? Um, I spoke with him and I told him that you know this is this is ending with him leaving the district one way or the other. And we'll keep you updated for developments here later today on twelve news as well. 
So that is the, um, you know, Mayor Alorza, who's, I mean, completely out of the mix, completely out of the mix on the whole thing. Now, I'm going to play the story about the um, the person whose uh, immigration status is unknown. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. But he was a convicted felon, back behind bars, month-long investigation, sexual assault cases on women in and around Providence that he targeted thinking they were female illegals. Here we go. Some breaking news out of Capital City. Providence police have announced the arrest of a man they're calling a serial predator. The convicted felon is believed to be tied to a series of sexual assault cases since his release from prison. 12 News reporter Courtney Carter is live at the Providence Public Safety Complex with the breaking details. Courtney. Providence police say his name is Juan Martinez, saying he targeted undocumented immigrants, believing they wouldn't go to the police. He's being described as a super predator. Providence Police Major David LePayton says 55-year-old Juan Martinez, who also goes by the name Carlos, was arrested Monday, believed to be involved in a handful of similar crimes. Mr. Martinez, we believe, um, has been involved in at least what we know about um, maybe five or six sexual assaults or attempted sexual assaults since he was released from prison. Released in March of 2020, he was sentenced in 1999 to 40 years for first-degree assault. Police say Martinez was arraigned on two counts of first-degree sexual assault and one count of second-degree sexual assault in the most recent case, which took place on Union Avenue in Providence. He had one of his motives was to put out a uh, a card or an advertisement saying that he he needed somebody you know for cleaning. Uh, people would answer his ads and then he'd take them to uh, at least on three occasions to his home. Where our detectives were on his trail. Uh, we just didn't have enough at that point to bring him in. Police say he would target specific women. We believe that he targeted undocumented females so he could hold that over their heads after and threaten them with uh, calling police. Now Providence Police urge anyone who may have been assaulted by Martinez to come forward saying the investigation is still ongoing. Martinez is currently being held at the ACI. Live in Providence, I'm Courtney Carter, 12 News. Well, as I mentioned, there was, um, at no point did, did anyone, I could not attend that briefing yesterday. I apologize, folks. But at no point did anyone ask on what his immigration status is, right? I mean, don't you think, I would think that's a, a logical question. All right, so if he's attacking these females who are illegals, what, what about his situation? All right, also... Uh, in Providence today, AFT, American Federation of Teacher President Randy Weingarten in Rhode Island and caught up with Channel 12 regarding, I believe, that the education commissioner wants this superintendent to resign. Let me hear. She's very powerful. She's the one. We talked about it earlier. Framing. Basically, giving direction to the Biden administration and the CDC. Let's hear a little bit. Our union has taken a position of a vote of confidence um, prior to hearing all of this about the superintendent and about um, the, you know, both the superintendent of governance 
as well as the Commissioner of Education. Um, and we have not weighed in in terms of whether or not um, uh, the superintendent should resign. Um, we have said that these were serious allegations. Obviously, they required an investigation when you have allegations like this. Um, but I want to be clear that we believe that people should get due process. And so, you know, he's, he, you know, he deserves that um, to be able to say what happened in response to these allegations. These allegations are not new. They were around um, when he was hired for his job in the first place. And they were raised at the time when he was hired for the job in the first place. But we believe that, you know, there should be different leadership in terms of the state, in terms of education, because we believe that we need to do the kinds of things that we just saw in the school for kids to really thrive. But we would just be very careful that we not weighed in in terms of whether, you know, that we've said that what we've said is that there needs to be an investigation. Again, that is um, what's what's really amazing about that is the fact that why is she in town in the first place to meet with Governor McKee? And, you know, she comes out. The Providence schools are still a complete disaster. I think we have a little more sound of when they first uh, came out and saying they toured two Providence public schools. I don't recognize which schools they were. There's the big visit. And uh, again, that is AFT President Randy Weingarten. Uh, I'm seeing right now the Israeli Defense Force tweeted out this. 4,000 rockets, not one, not two, not three, 4,000 rockets were fired from Gaza towards Israel in the last 10 days. We will continue to defend Israel. 40,000 rockets were fired from Gaza towards Israel. And yet Israel are being told like or being portrayed, I should say, as if they're the as if they're the aggressor aggressor. Um, Let me just see this. Um, Don Francisco. (laughs) Is that the guy that used to be on all those different uh, shows opens up TV legend? Let me hear this. This was on uh, Good Morning America this morning. Like, this is an Hold on. speaking audience. How do you explain what your show was like? This is an extravaganza show. Your show is like a soup. We had everything. We had interviews. We had sketches. We had uh, singers. And we were adding every week something different to the basic ingredients. The show came to an end in 2015. Back then, he showed me around his trophy room, or what he calls his Sala de Premios. He's worked on a number of projects since, but the pandemic put everything on hold. He decided to write his second book, Con Ganas de Vivir. Why did you decide to write this book during this time? Well, first, it was a coincidence. I had time to do it. First, 
But Folks, if you've ever stumbled into this show, it's a it's a wild show, or was for uh, quite some time as as he was um, when he was around. So I just want to see some of the um, how here. How about this story? A handful of major restaurant chains across the nation have announced they are raising wages and have been to track workers as they're trying to reopen to full capacity. This is a problem. Finding workers is a problem. There are some states. There are some states who are saying that we're not going to give the people the federal money unless they're going to work. But not everybody, obviously, you know, Rhode Island is not doing that. Texas is doing that. That would be really different. And that would help. That would help a lot of the businesses in and around Rhode Island if, in fact, Governor McKee would say, hey, listen, you got to get back to work. We're not just going to be paying people to just stay at home. Because remember, folks, as we said, if you pay people to stay at home, they're going to stay at home. They are going to stay at home. Um, And they're not going to work. And it's a problem. I'm seeing so there was a protest. No charges. Andrew Brown, Jr., in uh, North Carolina. Let me hear a little of that sound. The shooting death of Andrew Brown Jr. was justified. Based upon my review of the facts of this case, I have determined that the shooting of Andrew Brown on April 21st, 2021 was justified to protect the safety and lives of the deputies. Brown was killed last month while deputies were serving a warrant for drug charges. Although the long-awaited body camera video from the incident has not been made public, the DA played parts of it Tuesday. You see heavily armed officers running toward Brown's car as he was behind the wheel. One deputy gripping the door handle when Brown puts the car in reverse. The DA saying that's the deputy's arm making contact with the hood of the car. When the car comes to a stop, Brown is boxed in. His house behind him, deputies surrounding the front. He ignores commands, putting the car in drive. The DA said he hits that same deputy again, and that's when they open fire. Brown driving through an open lot as officers continue shooting. When deputies catch up, Brown had crashed into a tree and they called for help. Brown's death certificate stating he died within minutes of a penetrating gunshot wound of the head. The DA finding Brown used his car as a weapon. The law enforcement officers were duty bound to stand their ground. The family's attorneys say they are disappointed, calling the actions of the officers criminally negligent. The fact is, um, these officers shot a man in the back of the head and killed him. Uh, They fired into um, another person's house, um, into their kitchen. Uh, they fired in the direction of their own officers, and they fired across a school zone during school hours. The entire interaction between... Andrew Can I just stop the tape for a moment? He's driving his car at the police officers. Driving his car at the police officers. What do you expect them to do? Get run over? Folks, good afternoon. It's one forty-one. Remember, if you want to get in touch with me, visit the website, depetro.com, and you can, in fact, uh, just click on Contact John. I just received an email from someone that said, John, can you play the sound of the 10-year-old boy talking about the mask mandate? Now, he was then on with his father on Tucker Carlson last night, but I think this is in Florida, 10 years old. 
and he uh, did go on with Tucker, him and his dad. And I, I'll play both. I want to play the little boy talking about the masks that they're still forced to wear. And then I'll play them on with uh, Tucker Carlson last night. There you go. Turned 10 years old. Talk a little closer to that. Sorry. I just turned 10 years old, and I'm a fourth grader at Felix A. Williams. I expected school to be a little bit different in the beginning, but I didn't think it would stay this way all year long. And I was surprised by the rules. A lot of them didn't make any sense to me, like the fact that we were not allowed to play on the playground or have student council or turn to face each other at lunch. And we also have to wear masks outside at PE and on track. I love my school and all, but my teachers seem really stressed, and that makes me feel bad. One teacher walks around with a clipboard full of referrals for any student whose mask isn't on properly. It makes me feel scared. That same teacher yells at us having our mask on to drink water while we are outside in Carlin. She told us we had to wait until we were in our parents' car to have a drink of water. She had her mask down the entire time while she was yelling at us, which makes me and all my friends very mad. This happens a lot. And it seems unfair teachers take their masks off while they're yell while they yell at us kids and that we need to pull ours up. I asked my mom if there's a word for this and she said there is hypocrisy. Oh. Until that was on their end, folks. That was on their end. My mask also sticks to my face when it's really hot, and it makes it hard to breathe. I feel like I can't catch my breath, and that makes me feel claustrophobic and anxious. It's really stressful. I finished taking all of my FSAs, and I had a hard time focusing with a mask on. A few weeks ago, I ran into my teacher outside of school. She didn't even recognize me because she's never seen my face before. But I knew it was her because she sits at her desk a lot without a mask on. I know my teacher has asthma and everything, but I understand why it's hard for her to wear a mask. And I think she should have that choice. But I should too. I have allergies and I feel really anxious with my face covered. But I'm not allowed a mask break like her. It seems unfair. All this seems unfair and it doesn't make sense. I miss seeing people's face. I miss the way things used to be. I'm scared they'll never go back to normal. Breathing freely doesn't seem like something we should have to ask any other people for permission for. Please. All right, so that's that little boy who was then also, good afternoon, folks, at 144. He uh, appeared on Tucker Carlson with his dad, and you kind of get the feeling that the parents kind of set up the whole thing for the little boy. Um, again, that was nice that he got up and they prepared that for him to to read. But um, th- this whole business of him being on and just how that came about, he wasn't as charming. I didn't like how at the very end he said, goodbye, Tucker, where he should be calling him, I think, Mr. Carlson. I think, um, instead of just being so casual. Let me see if I can find the sound of him and his dad. And Tucker, you know, was saying, yeah, here it is, actually. Okay. Folks, here is the little 10-year-old boy with his dad on Tucker Carlson. You, you said that wearing a mask makes you feel anxious. Can, t- tell us what, what you do feel like when you have to wear it at school. Well, when I have to wear it at school, it... 
it almost like builds up stress and it's me and me i'm like wait what do, what do i do it's like who's this who's that it's like i don't recognize anybody really and you said you said later in your in your talk, and we didn't play it, but it was I thought the most poignant part. You said you saw one of your teachers outside of school, and she didn't recognize you. She didn't know what you look like. Yeah, exactly. Because we're stuck in a classroom while wearing a mask for seven hours a day. So she's actually never seen me or any of my classmates' faces before. So when I bumped into her at a school i said oh hi and she's like oh wait that's you and i'm like oh yeah that is me and she's like oh hi john i really don't see your face because all i see is just your eyes why do you think why do you think they're making you wear a mask do they tell you Probably to allegedly keep us safe, but I just don't see any science behind it. I don't see the science behind it. Masks work. Our Do they ever explain the science to you? No. They just simply tell us, just wear it. They keep to say, just wear it. That's all they tell us. They yell at you? What do they say when they yell at you? Oh, they, they literally say, I'm done. Put your masks on because you're being disrespectful to all of us teachers who have to work really hard. And I'm like, we're also working hard, too. It's, it's almost 100 degrees outside. We're in cloth masks. And you expect us not to be hot and complain? It's just insanity. This nicely put, and also narcissistic. Uh, so, Mike, I have to ask you: Do you? I mean, has the school ever communicated to you why they're doing this? The the, the chances, of course, of a ten-year-old dying from COVID are much lower than being, you know, eaten by lions. So, have they explained why they're doing it? No, Tucker. I mean, I started asking the basic question with my wife. At what point do we end this mask mandate and get to mask optional? So I started asking questions with the principal and ran up the chain to the school board, and there was no apparent answer. There's there's no objective evidence. They hadn't looked at um, this for over seven months from when they did the school reopening plan. Um, so it became apparent to me that no one was really looking at this, and if this was, this should be the most important thing. We're talking about the health and well-being physically and psychologically of our children and it seemed like no one was paying attention to it and managing the situation in terms of when do we actually get to mask optional when does that happen did, did the principal and the teachers and the school board welcome your questions as a father I mean, we get three minutes at a public meeting to comment. There's no dialogue. Um, so there's no transparency. They, they, they quote that they're following the science, but they haven't provided one scintilla of what that science is that they're relying on to make the basis of this decision to keep the kids, 
mandated in mass when everyone else in the state of Florida, we have a great governor, you know, is saying, let's get life back to normal. When can it return back to normal for the kids? Why is the school exempted from from this? And why can they make their own rules, which is counter to everything? Now you're hearing from the CDC finally and our governor, our commissioner of education. Our school board is making this decision all on their own without any transparency or even rationale for why they continue to do this. So my producers are telling me that we have video of you, I think today, possibly, possibly yesterday, at the school board meeting, and it shows the kind of reception that you got. Right. There it is. It looks like yeah, you're being asked yeah. to leave. I was, you know, I, I was, I was, you know, trying to wrap up my, my uh, comments and, and they asked me to leave here uh, and told me that I was trespassing, which I think from what I've heard is it means I'm going to be banned from speaking at future school board meetings. They don't like the message. They don't like the criticism. They don't like it when someone asks questions and tries to hold them accountable for the safety and well-being of 18,000 students and 2,000 staff members. Our school district has a positivity rate of less than 2%. Our entire county was less than 5% for the month of March. Do we have to get to zero? And for how long do we stay at zero? When does this insanity end? This all started with your father. You have a right to, to ask spread. about your child. Absolutely. What's more important that's than the health and safety of my child? Nothing. Nothing. And most parents just sit yeah. passively and let their kids be hurt by these lunatics. I have to ask you one last question, John. You, you said in your talk to the school board, which I'm grateful uh, that you delivered, that you were confused because you were yelled at for pulling your mask down to drink water, but your teachers, as they were yelling at you, had pulled their masks down. What did that make you think? I was like, hmm, is this, does this, is this the school policy? Are they allowed to take their masks off while we're taking our masks, our masks down to get a drink of water? Is that a new policy? No, I don't think so. So a lot was just going through my head. It's like, what do you guys mean? You have your mask down when we have our masks down to drink water and you're yelling at us to put it off when yours isn't up? There's no logic. What's that called? <laughs> hypocrisy, right? Hypocrisy. <laughs> it's hypocrisy. Yeah. They don't, they don't like it, it when a lot goes through your head. You are a skeptical young citizen, and I hope there are millions more like you. John and Mike, thank you for coming on tonight. Folks, again, that was uh, the little boy, 10-year-old boy in Florida, with his dad, on with Tucker Carlson. Now, right now, it's 152 on this delightful Spring Wednesday, it's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, this portion of the show, if you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340. The original, the best, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They're going to work for you, not the insurance company. You can depend on West Fountain Auto Body. Now, as far as... You know, what do you do about these different shootings and, and so forth? Well, as some of you heard, I caught up with that one of that state senator, Tierra Mack, outside on Camp Street, where there's just been two people shot across the uh, street. And let's hear a little bit of that uh, interview and see if she has some answers for us. So now, is, uh, is this uh, more of the cause you were saying about the shooting the other day? 
on uh, Carolina Avenue about it's because of bot, uh, poor water and asthma. Yep. That's what causes it. Mean, there's a it. lot of systemic issues that lead to it. This is a community that is still fighting for quality education. Uh, uh, just this week, God. we had a principal resign. There are many systemic issues that are not just about the guns that are on the street, but are about families People who want reality. access to housing, who don't have hope, who want access to jobs. And Isn't this about criminals? This is not about criminals. Uh, this is not about criminals. Like the shooting the other night is not about gang criminals. warfare. Criminals don't just appear out of nowhere. They come from systemic problems. Right. But in order to solve it for the residents, shouldn't the city have the gang database reinstated? Yes. I don't believe so. I think, uh, we, no. invest, I think we need to invest more into the communities. But what, what, but what would be the harm in knowing who some of the criminals are in right. the community? Yes. The harm in preventing someone from a life of gang activity by giving them access to affordable housing, quality jobs, wages, and hope. Now, you know someone was shot and killed in Oneyville last night. I do know that. So we had eight people shot on Thursday night, a fatality last night, and two people shot here. Don't you think this is a time for something automatic to be done? Yeah, and I think this... What you're talking about, that's more of society adjusting things. I think affordable housing and investment in affordable housing can be automatic. There have been people who've been fighting for it, like myself, at the State House this year. I mean, this is your neighborhood, Camp Street. Yes. So now, but right now, what is your reaction? And again, folks, with us is uh, Senator Tiara Mack. Um, right now, Tara, I'm sorry, Tiara. Tiara. Pronounce it one more time. Tiara. Tiara, I thought so. Um, Providence is right now the largest outdoor shooting range in the, in the state. Line. Yes, it's unfortunate. So, so why not, why not more effective, aggressive policing? Because that won't solve the reasons why there are people on the streets to begin with. Right, but it'll make people safer. It didn't prevent the shooting, the 11 shootings that happened in the last three uh, days. The police have not prevented those call. 11 shootings of young people and family members who've been shot in the last few days. No, you, you have talked about abolish the police. Do you still feel that way? I think we need to rethink the supports that uh, our communities need in order to survive. We have we need folks to rethink out here policing. who felt like they had no other option besides to fight for uh, whatever it was. They don't have access to quality education. They don't have access to affordable housing. They're being pushed out of neighborhoods that their grandparents and their parents have lived in for generations. I think it's an issue of um, feeling hopeless, and that sometimes comes out in the violence that we see here. But I think it is more violent to tell people that they don't deserve housing, they don't deserve a living wage, and they don't deserve high-paying jobs. What about just following the law? Not everyone's a criminal. There are poor people that don't right. resort to that. Good point. Do you just accept the fact that there's sometimes amongst us, everywhere in the world, there are criminals? Right. No, I, I don't think people are inherently uh, bad, and I think that is a very uh, scary way to live the world. There are inherently criminals around us. I believe in the good of all people, and if we can invest more resources into the people like around us and build communities that are safe and fruitful for everyone, uh, then we can have um, a much safer society for everyone. Right. That's more theory. I mean, how do you think the people here or the people on Carolina, Carolina, how do you think they would feel if you said, "Let's get rid of the, um, let's get rid of the police and bring in the social workers"? Well, I would, I haven't asked that question yet, so. Now, you're very firm in your belief. You just feel right now, with all the shootings that are going on, 
that you still feel abolish and defund the police? Those are your convictions. I think we need to invest in communities. Uh, I think that's the most pressing answer. issue right now. But let me ask you this. As an elected no. representative, when you preach to children, to this, defund and abolish the police, yep. and then hold on. Then when there's a crime and they don't cooperate, don't you feel some responsibility yes. that you have led yes. to the criminal activity because people aren't cooperating that's with police? Right. I don't believe that is a cause and effect. Uh, you don't think that when you oh, say abolish, on. defund the police, that doesn't have an effect on children? No, I do not. I don't. Nope. So you know, are you, are you, okay. You know, that, um, I thought that was a very good point that Juan made. No, that was me. Um, that, you know, you're, you're the people saying, telling these kids and gang members, don't, don't cooperate with police. Don't call police. Handle things yourselves. If you have a beef with another gang, you jump into action. You handle it. Don't call the police. You go and take care of business. Folks, good afternoon. It's 158 on this delightful Wednesday. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Tomorrow is the final COVID briefing. And I'm told that they're going to start to do on Thursdays. They're going to start to, the Governor McKee will still do press briefings. So I don't know if I'm attending tomorrow. I don't know. We have to follow the news. What news is going to come out of tomorrow? I'm not sure. I might go. I may not go. I'm not sure. But one thing I do know is that if you're in an accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, listen, you need to fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation. You need a fighter to get you what you're entitled to. 401 785-9400 or online at fightbackcalljack.com free consultation you need a fighter Jack Calvino 401-785-9400 or online at fightbackcalljack.com folks it's John DePietro on this Wednesday Uh, coming up you're going to hear the 2 o'clock news and then you're going to be uh, followed It'll be followed, I should say, by the John Dion program. Now, I'm back tomorrow at 11. We'll see. I may be at the final COVID briefing. Finally, they're going to wrap this up, but we will see. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, please go to the website, dpetro.com. No eyes, D-E-P-T-R-O.com. And then uh, any type of breaking news, we will do it live on Facebook Live. In the meantime, stay tuned. WNRI Woonsocket, 1380 AM, 99.9 FM, online at WNRI.com.